Welcome to Mission Matters, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University. Celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old mission that is SLU. Brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. A common passage used at many weddings comes from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians and goes like this. Love is patient, love is kind. It is not jealous, it is not pompous, it is not inflated. Love never fails. Usually the reading ends somewhere after that. But if you read further in the verse, this is what you'll find. At present we see indistinctly, as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. At present I know partially, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. What St. Paul is speaking to in this passage is the notion that not all things that matter are visible to the eye. As Antoine de Saint-Exupéry said in The Little Prince in his famous quote, it is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eye. Both St. Paul and the Little Prince understood that sometimes the most important and most beautiful things are the things that we can't necessarily see with our own eyes. Welcome back to Mission Matters. I am Sister Virginia Herbers out of the Office of Mission, and today I am thrilled to have David Brinker with us from the Museum of Contemporary Religious Art right here on SLU's campus. So welcome, David. Thank you, Sister. It's good to be here. And looking forward to hearing anything you want to tell us about Mokra. There is some exciting news about a new exhibit. Yes. So take it away. Well, I guess we should start with what Mokra is. Uh, So we are, as far as we know, the world's first interfaith museum of contemporary art that engages the religious and spiritual dimensions. That's a mouthful. And so I always like to, to take that apart a little bit. So uh, we focus on contemporary art, mm-hmm. and I always encourage people to think not in terms of what the art might look like, because I think a lot of people have some preconceptions about contemporary art, Right. but the important thing is that it is art of our time. Contemporary is you know, what's in the present moment, and so these are artists who are in the same situation we are, who are experiencing the same joys and challenges in the world, mm-hmm. and trying to... Uh, wrestle with and understand and interpret that through their work. So that's the contemporary part of what we do. Okay. Uh, the other exciting part about that is most of the time the artists are still alive, are mm-hmm. accessible, oftentimes come to the museum, and so there's a real chance to interact with them. Uh, and then there's the religious and spiritual dimension part of it, uh, which is that all of the work that we show somehow is in dialogue with or works with those dimensions. Now we take a very broad umbrella approach to that idea uh, and it's also an intentionally interfaith approach and so Mm -hmm. we have artists from all different backgrounds Mm -hmm. representing a a wide range of the world's religious traditions. Also artists who don't necessarily talk specifically about their beliefs or their practices but are still interested in those big questions about life and meaning. Uh, so that's, in a nutshell, what we do. Now, how that is manifested is we have exhibitions, mm-hmm. which generally change every semester. Okay. Uh, we also have a permanent collection, a really fine 
body of work that was built up by our founding director, Father Terry Dempsey. Uh, so that's often in rotation. We have programs as well, so all sorts of tours and lectures, and I'm hoping as we go forward to diversify that as well. So there's always a lot happening there. People don't know where we are. We're located on SLU's North Campus. We're part of Fuse Hall. Uh, so people might be familiar with the residence hall. A lot of people have eaten in the food court. Well, we're right above the food court, uh, but we do have our own entrance, and that's marked with signs and banners and so on. One little tidbit, a little trivia bit that folks sometimes find interesting, if, if you've ever heard of the St. Louis Jesuits, yes. well-known body of musicians and composers, this chapel is where they got their start. They, Fuse Hall was built as a residence for Jesuits in formation, mm -hmm. and the museum occupies what was the chapel space in that. And so there's a rich history, uh, you know, and the architecture is very evident there. So we're, we're really happy that it's, uh, you know, we're in a space that's such a strong part of the university. Yeah, that adds a really neat flavor to the whole experience. You know, I found when I, the first time I walked into Mokra, it was like, what is this space? And then you learn that that's the history behind mm -hmm. it, and it just adds... I, I can't explain it. It adds a different dimension Yeah, somehow. People respond very positively to the space, both as a place to view art and just the atmosphere. Yeah. And you are not open seven days a week, right? We're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. Okay. Open all the other days of the week, 11 to 4. In addition, on Thursdays, we're open until 7 p.m. Wonderful. So we, we try to uh, mix it up a little, give folks a variety of opportunities. Great. So um, what is your current exhibit, or yeah. what is forthcoming? Well, it, it is up now. Okay. Uh, the title is Surface to Source, Selections from the Mokra Collection. So uh, for the folks who are listening who don't know, our founding director is a Jesuit named Terry Dempsey, mm -hmm. and he retired last June 30th from the university and, and also from the museum. But, uh, you know, after he announced his retirement, I got a lot of questions about, well, what's going to be your first show? <laughs> I thought, well, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> but it's, it's a real pleasure to have this one up. So what we've done for this is it's primarily works from our collection. Mm -hmm. But I've dug a little deeper and pulled out some works that have not been seen for a while. Uh, less familiar works, but I think still very interesting and powerful works. And we also uh, just made some changes to the gallery physically. There were some walls that had been filled in or some temporary walls. Kind of took all of that out and really yeah. opened the space up in a way a lot of folks haven't seen in many years. So the, the title of the show comes from a poem by the late John O'Donohue. Uh, many folks might be familiar with his work and sort of very Celtic uh, sense of spirituality, uh, a blessing called For the Artist at the Start of Day. And uh, I'll go ahead and read this because I think Great. it's just a night passage. May morning be astir with the harvest of night, your mind quickening to the eros of a new question, your eyes seduced by some unintended glimpse that cut right through the surface to a source. Ooh, that's nice. Read that last part again. Sure. Your eyes seduced by some unintended glimpse that cut right through the surface to a source. Oh, I like that. I did too. And I, I mean, I think there's, it's, it's just rich on its own. But as I started thinking about what was going on in, in uh, the museum, uh, partly because we'd opened up these walls, there were now new unintended glimpses. There's a lot of <laughs> interplay across the gallery. Um, but then when I looked at the works that I had selected for this, 
I think there's dual themes of surface and source really mm-hmm. come forth. So first of all, there is just a lot of different media going on in this show. So there are works that are uh, copper sheets that, mm-hmm. that are you know have these great cut edges. There's hewn wood, there's shattered glass, there's this refractive mylar film on some of our stained glass windows. Works have wax, there are feathers, there's just all kinds of stuff. You know, there's a lot for people to see. I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot that's visually interesting. But then also that idea of source, and I think that plays in a a few different ways. So some of our artists, and going back to what I, uh, earlier when I mentioned that we're an interfaith museum, and that is something that happens in a few different ways. Uh, We have artists from a variety of traditions, and those artists are sometimes delving into their own tradition. Sometimes they're in conversation with other traditions mm-hmm. and, and looking across some of those boundaries. And then when you bring the visitor in, there's this, that's the rest of the interfaith equation because uh, a visitor might encounter work by an artist from a similar background and it might deepen their own understanding or raise some new questions for them. Or they might be encountering work by somebody from a completely new uh, point of view. So uh, then in this show, then, that idea of source is that some of our artists are very clearly coming out of a particular tradition. They're using symbolism or relating to stories. We have uh, one beautiful work in Arabic calligraphy that's a passage from the Quran. Uh, We've got a really fun, I think a lot of people's favorite piece, is this uh, Noah's Ark that was carved out of wood by a a farmer in Illinois. Oh, really? He just kind of did this. Yeah, he kind of, it's... Kind of a folk art. So we still have people guessing what some of the animals are. Uh, <laughs> so um, we've, got a, we've got a number of works that uh, relate to saints, and there's mm. you know, so stories there. So there's, there's religious sources. There's other artists uh, who are in dialogue with art history, and so they might be uh, somehow relating their work to work of the past. Some artists, it's very much out of their personal history, and Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not, but, you know, somehow it's, it's the sources are in their own life. Uh, and then we've got others who kind of are on a more uh, abstract plane and looking at uh, more in the realm of, like, Carl Jung and Joseph Campbell and just this idea that there are some uh, common threads and stories that inform many of our traditions. So between the two of those, I think there's a lot of interesting work on display. It sure sounds like it. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of taken by what you said with the interfaith aspect of it, that it's not just that different religious traditions are being highlighted or or spotlighted at the museum. It's the interaction between the individual who's engaging with the art, their religious tradition engaged with what they might be experiencing in the artwork itself. I love that. It's kind of a cool idea. Well, and again, we have this, this space that invites, I think, people if they want to, to take the time, pull up a chair, spend some time Mm -hmm. with the work. And, you know, there's sort of a tacit permission. Certainly anybody could come into the museum and just enjoy the art as art and Mm -hmm. just, you know, as with any other museum, just have that. But I think that because of the name of the museum, because of the space we're in, because we're here on SLU's campus, Mm -hmm. that people, if they want to, they feel an invitation to to take a little further into meditation or prayer even, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on the work, so... Yes. I'm thinking of that one piece at the far end of the gallery. Mm-hmm. And the story you've told about it is fascinating in terms of the weight and the installation of it, but the triptych. Mm-hmm. And 
it's the triptych of the crucifixion. Is that right? So this is a work, anybody who's been to the museum will have seen this work, right. partly because it is 30 feet wide, and it's really hard <laughs> to miss. It's on the, um, so it, it occupies the, uh, the far west wall of the chapel. And so because of the architecture of the space, this is where originally the main altar of the chapel was. So it, you know, everything draws your eye down there. Uh, the triptych is a work by a, a Texas-based artist named Michael Tracy. Uh, and the formal title of the work is Triptych 11th, 12th, and 13th Stations of the Cross okay. for Latin America La Passion. That's the, the full title there. There we go. All right. Um, yeah, that one, that's impressive. It is. And I think it embodies a lot of um, the way that we sort of uh, surprise or upend people's expectations a little bit. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, a lot of times people have something pops into their head when they hear contemporary art. I think that might be true for people as well about religious art. Like, you know, there's a lot of us have sort of stereotypical ideas. And I think when you come in and you encounter Michael Tracy's work, that you're suddenly like, whoa, this is so different. Because for those who haven't seen it, it's very large and it's abstract. Uh, for those who are familiar with Stations of the Cross, more traditionally in churches, usually you have either in a painting or a sculpture a depiction of whatever the particular episode in Jesus' passion is. There's none of that in this work. It's mm-hmm. this big, heavy canvas. There's paint. There's broken pottery. There's nails. There's all this stuff, and it's framed with this large tin corona or crown. So there's a definite threshold you have to step over with that work. Now, once you do, I think when you find out what the artist is going for, it's a strong message of social justice, but also of hope and redemption. Having that abstract work, once you get past that threshold, there's so much richness and the work continues to speak to successive generations. And I, I get to see that every day. So it's right. it's really, really neat. Right. And for me, that's always been the key to contemporary art is knowing the story behind it, knowing, you know, what is the artist conveying? Because visually, if if you're trying to figure that out only visually, impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so we, I mean, we do try to for our visitors uh, give enough background about the artist and some ideas about approaching the work, uh, but also trying to leave people room to form their own uh, conclusions about that. We're, we're an academic museum. We're here part of St. Louis U. And so, uh, although we, we welcome visitors from everywhere, in some ways, our primary audience is right here on campus with our students, our faculty, our staff. And it's, a, it's been a neat opportunity. So I mentioned Father Dempsey, uh, who founded the museum. We opened in 1993. And Terry jokes that he is probably the only person who ever turned a dissertation into a museum. <laughs> uh, so the museum was very much grounded in his own interest in this topic, but then wanting to share that work and his unique perspective on how artists of our time are still engaging the religious and spiritual dimensions. But in other ways, the museum's also an embodiment of his vocation as a Jesuit and his perspective. So he often would say that he was inspired by Ignatius, St. Ignatius saying uh, or that God can be found in all things, in all circumstances, in all places. And for Terry, that context was art, and specifically contemporary art. I think then the interfaith uh, part is a natural extension of that. So we're part of this university that is all about inquiry, is about forming the whole person. And so 
people can come and explore the art from a, an intellectual standpoint and, and develop their critical skills and their observational skills. A lot of our work connects to other disciplines. Uh, but then there's also you know that, that religious and spiritual dimension that's also there. So it's a really neat opportunity and place to be. Right in the heart of the campus, too. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Right in the very heart of it. Now, many people tell us, they say, oh, you're such a hidden gem. And, and, and so some, trust me, we're, we, we want to be less hidden. Uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's uh, parking is always a challenge. But we are, uh, as we mentioned earlier, so we, we're open uh, late on Thursdays. We are open on the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays. The first Friday of every month, we're part of the Grand Center. It's called First Fridays in Grand Center, but it's a gallery walk. So there are a lot of opportunities. I also want to mention, along with the Surface to Source exhibition, we have a number of programs uh, throughout the semester. The exhibition is scheduled to run through May 17th, so pretty much the whole semester. Uh, So we've got a number of spotlight tours. We introduced these last fall, and we know that people don't always have time to come and spend two hours at the museum. Sure. Uh, so these are 25-minute tours focused on a specific topic, and we've got them scheduled usually right around noontime, the lunch hour, or right after work, about 5.15. Uh, so it's, it's really, we have in mind folks on campus, but of course it's welcome to everybody. Topics this semester include something called Hashtag Five Women Artists, oh. which is this really wonderful social media campaign begun several years ago by the National Museum of Women in the Arts. And it basically invites people to say, can you name five women artists? Uh-huh. And a lot of folks can't get past Frida Kahlo and Georgia O'Keeffe. And so this is pointing up that, like many other dimensions of our society, there's a lot of inequities when it comes to museums and the art world. So we want to just focus on some of the women artists that we have up right now. I should mention a key one is an artist named Susan Schwab. And within Surface to Source, we're featuring six of her works. Uh, she made a gift of, of some works to us last year, and so we're highlighting her works dealing with Jewish themes. There's some really beautiful works there. Other spotlight tours include Saints in Contemporary Art, focus on artist Michael Tracy and the triptych. Huh. So if people want to learn more about that piece, we'll, we'll look at that. And then we also have a, a, an artist focus on Susan Schwalb. So all of this is on our website. If you look slu.edu forward slash mokra, look under events, you'll find this. We also have two opportunities to hear Father Dempsey talk. Uh, he'll be doing a morning Lenten reflection on March 21st. Uh, now, this one we are charging a, a nominal fee for, but it'll be a morning with him taking a look at the art, but going deeper in sort of a spiritual and prayer way with it. He'll also be delivering his uh, excellent lecture, The Crucifixion in Art History, on April 4th. That's free and open to the public. I've heard him give this a couple of times, and it, you know, we, we take for granted, you know, that, you know, we just see paintings and statues of Jesus on the cross, but when did that start, and, and how has that image changed with cultures over time? It's a really fascinating Sounds like talk. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. So for those spotlight tours, do people need to make reservations, let you know, or is it just nope, you? Nope, just come on up. I'll wait and see who shows up. We've, I've given them to a single person. I've given them to a group of 10 or more. So uh, we, we just go with who's there and Fabulous. have fun with it. Yeah. Okay. How about for you personally? What does Mokra mean to you personally? Well, so <laughs> I have sort of grown up with this museum. Now, I did not set out to have a career in a museum. It was a little accidental. So I'm a SLU grad myself, and Mokra opened during my junior year. Uh, and so I have attended every exhibition at the museum. 
That's a Terry, great Terry's probably the only other person who can say that. And then a few years after that began working. And so it's been a unique opportunity to, to be at Terry's side as you know, we sort of brought this museum from an idea and I gotta say, a really kind of quirky. I'm like, really? <laughs> um, you know, to to what's really a, a a museum that is well regarded here in the community, nationally, even internationally. So that's special. I mean, you don't you don't right. get that all the time. And you know, it, we're also here at SLU. There's been so many great colleagues that I've been able to work with over the years at the museum. Faculty members here. We've had a great numbers of generations of student workers uh, who are a real joy to have. Uh, so all of that is good, but I, I think if there's one part of my job that is really rewarding, it's when, you know, I'm with a visitor, we're talking about a work of art, and I see that moment where they make a connection. There, there's something that happens, they have an insight, they connect with the work, you get a spark in the eye, you can just see it in their body language, and, you know, to be able to make that possible for people yeah. is a really... You know, that's a, that's a pretty rewarding way to spend your days. So. Yeah, that's a gift to give people. It is. Awesome. Well, is there anything else before we do one final commercial for you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, other than to say that we are, we're here for, well, everybody, you know, but especially on the campus. And so admission is always free to the museum. We have all these things going on. Come on in, and if you're a faculty member, if you want to bring a class, you know, if you're a student organization and have an idea to do something in a museum, we're always open to talking with you and seeing what we can make happen. So please reach out to us and uh, let us know your ideas. Excellent. Or if you have visitors coming in from out of town, you want to show them around campus, don't forget to stop in. Absolutely. You know, it's a great site on campus to bring your friends, your family, anybody. All right, so we're going to encourage people to take part in these spotlight tours and also mark your calendars for March 21st and April 4th, Mm -hmm. which are Father Dempsey's talks. And visit the website to keep updated on future exhibits. And you can also find us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, so we are always posting content there. And you have your own podcast. We do. Thanks for uh, reminding me of that. It's called Mokra Voices began in 2011, so we've got uh, quite a number of episodes. These include interviews with artists, with gallerists, with art historians, other scholars. Uh, There's audio episodes. There's also a whole series of video episodes on Vimeo. So again, if you visit the the MOCRA website, slu.edu forward slash MOCRA, and look for the MOCRA Voices section, you can stream that, or, you know, whatever your favorite podcast uh, app is, we're we're on all of them. Very good. So thank you, David, for being with us. And for everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. This is Mission Matters, where we celebrate all the people and initiatives at SLU where the mission matters. Thanks. Until next time, God bless. Amen.